Welcome to the table and to my 100th episode. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. If you would have told me two years ago that I would have been doing this for 100 episodes, I would not have believed you. So this is just fantastic. And today's show is going to be so much fun. I just know. So it's the 100th episode. We are talking about joy. I'm an Enneagram 7. My guest is an Enneagram 7. So that is, it's just, today is all about fun and joy and Christmas and all the things fun. So I'm so glad that you're joining us at the table. My guest today is Annie F. Downs. No, I'm not lying. Annie F. Downs is on the podcast today. I'm so excited. Annie is a speaker and an author and all around lovely, fun person. And I got to meet her when she was here in Minnesota last March. She was speaking at a conference. I got the opportunity to host her and her assistant, Jenna, for the weekend. And we had, it was so fun. I got to take her to a cathedral. So fun. So fun. Yes. Welcome. So fun. So welcome. Yes, I'm so glad you're here. Thanks for having me. It was <laughs> such a fun weekend. It was so good. I That St. Paul Cathedral, I love it. And I was so, like, that was my secret. I really, really wanted to take you guys there. Yeah. So I was so glad when you said, can we, can we go to the cathedral? <laughs> I know you are so sweet about it. I mean, it, it is just, it never, it is never lost on me how lucky I am that I get to go hang out with friends in other cities and see things like that. Like, you know, there's so many jobs that people love their jobs, but they don't get to fly places. And I get to fly to you and hang out with you and see a cathedral and we ate great food mm-hmm. and the conference was great too. Yeah. All the work part was great too, but the fun <laughs> part outside the work part was awesome. So fun. Yeah. So, and how, if people are, I'm, some people might be wondering like, Angie, how did you get Annie F. Downs to come on your podcast? It's actually kind of a fun story. So, <laughs> so am you, I telling it or are you telling it? Uh, we could both tell it. Okay. You okay, start. Okay. So if you don't know, Annie is an Enneagram seven and this story involves her strong eight wing. <laughs> <laughs> Annie got bossy. <laughs> yeah. So if you have been listening to the podcast, you know that I was going by Angie Smith. And if you read Christian women's books, then you've heard of Angie Smith, who lives in Nashville. And so I had been kind of trying to decide what I should do. And should I stay Angie Smith? Because that's my name. And that's what I go by. But or should I change to Angela Smith? And is that different enough? And you had an opinion. You had an opinion about that. I did have that. an opinion because I said there already is an Angie Smith in the exact same field you want to be in who is already established. Right. And I said, you've got to change your name. And when you change your name, I'll be on your podcast. <laughs> so I went home that la- that night and changed my name. <laughs> All my things. <laughs> well, you didn't, I guess you didn't totally change your name. You just extended it. Right. To its truest, longest form. Yeah. My most formal but, form. Well done, you. <laughs> I just think it is in this world, in any kind of world where you're going to have your name publicly out there, if you can avoid sharing names, avoid it. Right. That's why I have the F in my name everywhere is because there's another Annie Downs. A quilter. And so, <laughs> yes, she's a quilter and she's a big deal quilter in Australia. And I had the only way to be able to exist online with her and people be able to find my work separately from her was to add my middle initial into everything. Mm-hmm. And so, and so it is. And there so is. you are publicly Angela, mm-hmm. even if you're still privately our Angie. Right. So I just started working full time. And whenever I've 
worked, my name has always been Angela at work. And then my friends would call me Uh Angie. Well, now I'm working where I have friends. And so I started and everything was Angela. And they're like, I I don't know if I can do that. (laughs) I don't know if I can call you Angela. (laughs) You can call me Angie. It'll always be written. Like I will answer to everything. Right. That's right. Any form of Angela anyway. Yes. So thank you so much for being on the show today. I know. So we're recording this before it airs. So you just submitted your next book. Yeah, I turned it in yesterday. So this is about the only thing I'm doing today for work. (laughs) I recorded some intro and outros for my podcast. I was I did another interview this morning and you and that's it. How are you feeling? My brain. Well, my brain is feels like I can't come up with the right words. (laughs) You know, the last thing I always do before I turn in a book the very last thing I do is read it out loud to myself. Mm. The whole thing, it usually takes six or seven hours. And so I did that Sunday and Monday. Today's Tuesday. I did that Sunday and Monday. And so my voice feels tired. My brain feels mm. tired. But that's, I mean, that means you did good work. So right. I'm thrilled. I said to someone this morning, I celebrated last night because to me, success is finishing a book. Success isn't how many people buy it. You can't control any of that. But I can sure control whether I finish it or not. Right. And so I did the hard work. I did the part that God's asked me to do. Now it's out of my hands. So I am so thrilled and I am so happy. And I have, this is my ninth book and I've never turned wow. a book in that I loved as much as I love this one. I just am dying for people to read it. So I'm really, really excited. Well, congratulations. That's super you, exciting. Man. So when will you talk about what it's about? Uh, probably by the time this comes out, it, okay. I, I think we have a, so when we're recording this a little bit in, in November, we're recording the whole thing in November mm-hmm. and we actually have a tomorrow, my whole marketing team from New York and Grand Rapids get here from the publisher and we okay. lay all that out. So I will know tomorrow when I talk about it, our podcast birthday is right after Thanksgiving for our fifth, our fifth birthday as a pod. Okay. And my guess is I'll, so by then I'll probably have told it, but I can't be sure. So. Can't yeah, talk no. about it yet. No, no, I just no. Can't be sure. Yeah, no, no. Want to honor that? <laughs> Thank you. But everybody will know. You know how books go. Everybody will know in plenty of time. And so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm and grateful for it. I'm glad it's done. When does it come out? Uh, I think it'll be the very beginning of 21, 2021. Okay. Wow, that's so, a long process. Yeah. And next fall with the election, you just there aren't a lot of oh. slots for new books. And so you don't want to go up against everybody's already paying attention to something else. Mm -hmm. And so in a lot of ways, you don't want to release then. It just doesn't give the book what it deserves. It doesn't give the book the space it deserves. Now, I say that to you today and tomorrow they may go, hey, we're going to release the same week as the election because of what the book's about and what our culture may may gain from it and what people Mm -hmm. may gain from being able to read it right at the same time. So that could totally change next week. But as of what I know right now, it'll be the beginning of 21. Okay. We'll have to watch. Make sure that we watch for that. And I want to back up to yeah, the there'll way- be some fun. Um, there'll be some fun things that people can do. I, we have some ways that people are going to be in the book with me. Oh. Like I'm not the only one in it. There's a lot of us that are going to be in it. And so people will start knowing pretty soon because we have to have everybody's contributions Visions. before it publishes. So exciting. I know. I'm really excited. <laughs> it's, it's how it should be. My friends are involved in everything. Why shouldn't they be in the books? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. For sure. I want to back up too to what you said about writing the book and submitting it and that, that that's where the success lies, that you finished yeah. it. You did what God asked you to do. Yeah. And I, I think that I think it's so important when we work on things. I had to do that when I started the podcast. Where where was I going to find success? Was it going to be in I, how many people are listening, downloads? No, it was going to be in my, I was obedient to God, done. 
Sure. I'm and I think it's both and, right? Like I mm-hmm. think there are times. So, so I've done the obedient thing now. My next job with this book is to make sure everybody that listens to me knows it exists. Right. That's my job. I can't make people buy it. I can sure let them know it is available. Mm-hmm. And so that's my next level of success is did I do everything I could to tell everyone whose ear I have a little piece of that it exists. Mm-hmm. And so then there'll be another level of success there. So there are times where numbers are success. I mean, you know, I, I couldn't run my business if we didn't have numbers that led to success so that finances were able to make a way for Jenna and make a way for our office and make a way that I could keep do the, doing this as my job. But for today, for, for where we are with the next book, the success really is for me. Did you finish the thing you started? I was talking mm-hmm. with a friend yesterday, Angie, and, and she was helping another friend of ours. And she said, I just don't know if I can do this anymore. It feels like they've asked too much of me. Mm. And, and I was like, Hey, they have, they've asked too much of you, but also there's, there's 8% of this. You said you'd finish. So finish what you said you'd finish and then draw some boundaries, you know? And so I think that's, I think success is finishing the thing you've decided to start. Mm -hmm. And so for me this week, it was finishing a book. And, and so the next stop for me on this book will be, did I tell everybody that I could tell Mm -hmm. and then let them decide if that's a book that matters to them or their friends. Well, I can't wait. I can't wait to hear more about it. (laughs) I know it's the weirdest part about books because you know, you talk about a podcast recording and people are going to hear it in days and hear the whole thing. Mm-hmm. You plan to speak on stage and they're going to get it that week or the next week. You know, at the most, they're buying a ticket six or seven months out right. for an event that's going to last an hour. Book writing is such a different thing because there's so much people don't know. They go, My book writing really tells the behind the scenes of the rest of the life. I mean, you know some of it because you know how bad my migraines were when I was with right. you. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot about that season of my life of figuring out what was going on and, and why my health was suffering, why my body and my mind were fine and my endurance was fine, but my brain was damaging. Mm -hmm. And so figuring out how my brain got damaged and what happened is a big part of this story. And so there's a lot of back behind the scenes stuff you get to tell when you can sit and write 55,000 words about a year of your life. Right. And get to sit with someone with sitting with someone for that long. Yeah, that's right. And so it just is a different thing. It's a special thing and it takes a little bit more time to make it right for people. Mm-hmm. It lasts a lot longer. You know how this goes. Our right. podcast episodes are the bottom of the bird feeder by three more days because mm-hmm. for me, I have a show Monday and Thursday. So every week we put out two shows and the next week there's two new shows. Right. <laughs> and so, and for right now during this, you know, we've done 12 days of Christmas in a row. So as soon as you're done with one, there's another one coming. And with books, you think, man, I wonder if these people will share this book with their son or their daughter, Mm. or will it sit on a shelf for 30 years and a hundred years will people still pick up any of my books and that, and so there's just something really special and sacred about writing something that lasts or you hope lasts. I can't be sure of any of it, but so my book, remember God is one that I've just kind of said to the Lord, I want in a hundred years, I want people to still be passing this one around wondering and asking themselves if God is kind or not, mm-hmm. you know, so that's a, that's a sacred difference with books compared to what we're doing here. This is an important conversation and people are changed by these conversations in their ears and they may last for a long time, but we know books last for generations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Remember God was so good. And I felt like, oh, well, because I think I've asked those questions. The question I was asking is, is God good? And yeah. to get to a place to hold the tension of 
he's good and all the mm-hmm. all the suffering all that's the exactly loss. right yeah yeah that's right so good. you have to hold both i mean that's kind of been my life lesson i guess maybe in the last five years has been the maturity that comes and the gift that comes when you realize that holding joy and suffering at the same time is the way to grow and change not choosing one or the other right it's like in inside out when joy wanted all the balls to be joy and not have any sadness but how much richer the conversation was spoiler alert when all of the emotions got onto the balls of memory yeah yeah that movie was really impactful for me was it was it for you as well Mm mm-hmm yeah. yeah. I like talked with my counselor about that movie after mm-hmm. I saw it where I was like, oh, this ex- if I would have seen this when I was 11, I would have been a better teenager mm-hmm. and I'd have been a better 20 something if I would have seen what they were able to illustrate that I didn't have words for before that. I right. think I would have been it would have been a better, better, a little bit of a better growth season for me, a maturing <laughs> right. season for me if I'd have been able to see that back then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To understand that. Yeah. Yeah. So today we're going to talk about joy. We're going to talk about Advent joy. And we have already talked a little bit about holding the tension of joy and sorrow. So what is it that you, when you think of, because I know Advent is, is Advent something that you grew up with? Um, Yeah. I mean, not like Lent. I grew up Methodist. And so we, we observe all those. It wasn't quite as intentionally celebrated as Lent is in the Methodist church or it was in the Methodist church I grew up in. Mm -hmm. Um, but yes, we always like, we knew the Sundays of Advent. We knew that there was going to be a purple or white candle lit today. (laughs) You know, yeah, we, we followed along with all of that, but it wasn't quite as spiritually intentional for me growing up as it is now. Yeah. Same. I grew up Lutheran. It was a similar experience. Like we talked about it on Sunday with the Advent candles. And so what, so what does that, what does Advent joy, when you hear that, what does that mean to you? What does that make yeah, you Yeah, so, of? I mean, I, I will again say Lent is my favorite one, which mm-hmm. is, is really funny for a seven and for someone <laughs> who, like, doesn't really love pain because mm-hmm. Lent is dark, and it is 47 days of loss and, and thinking about walking toward Jesus on the cross. And, and so I say that to say what I love about Advent is that – it is a preparation for the hope. Mm, mm-hmm. You know, it is like, and I, even though it was 33 years apart, and even though we can't really be sure Jesus' birthday was December 25th, <laughs> we could know, we could know Easter because mm-hmm. of Passover. But we, but there's just something about that we get to go almost directly from Advent to Christmas time to Lent to the 40 days of Easter that we actually should be celebrating as 40 days of Easter. And that leads straight into Pentecost. Mm. And this whole, what, what kicks off with Advent up until we get through middle April is my favorite. It's my favorite half of the year that when we're in ordinary time, I'm so bored. I like it so much more. And so for me, the joy of Advent is we are getting to start almost five months of intentional, purposeful calendar, Christian calendar experiences and it starts with the world did not know Jesus and now they do. Mm-hmm. You know, when you think like, I, I mean, it's such a passing statement, but there were 400 years between the Old Testament and the New Testament. Right. I a mean, silence. that is, that's older than America. Right. You know, 
And so you just think, man, from the beginning, from the founding fathers of the United States, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, the, the last number that comes to mind is 1619. Cause it, New York times just did this big thing about how slavery started in the U S in 1619. Mm-hmm. So from 1619 to 2019, so the 400 years, that is how long it was that God was silent and and there was no hope. And I think that is a lot of, the world didn't stop. That is a lot of families, a lot of people, a lot of experiences that happened around the world for 400 years. Mm -hmm. And I get antsy if I feel like God doesn't meet me in my quiet time. Right. You know, well, and I every think, day, right, <laughs> much less 400 years. <laughs> yes. And well, so to me that I think so much about those 400 years during the four weeks of Advent. Mm-hmm. Well, I think a lot of times too, in the Old Testament, how why some people were anointed with the spirit, but they didn't have the Holy Spirit in them. Like when we know Christ, we can have the Holy Spirit in us. Right, right. So to think about that, they didn't have the Holy Spirit there. God wasn't speaking through the prophets. And yet people were still faithful. There was still. Yeah. Do you know that they were faithful? Do we know that? Oh, you mean people in the Old Testament, not in the 400 in between. Yeah. I mean, well, that. Yeah. Was it Anna in the, when they went to circumcise Jesus, that there were people waiting for the Messiah. You're right. I mean. Anna and Simeon. Yeah, yeah. you're exactly right. That they, I mean, they were hanging out waiting for him. Yeah. Yeah. Even though they had no idea they were at the end of the 400 years. Right. You know? She, Anna was probably born at 325 right. you know, or 320 years in because it, because they, she could have been up to 87 years old. I mean, yeah, you just, you just never know when right. you're at the end of the promise of the waiting. When, you're, when you think you've been waiting so long and you never know when you're right at the end of it. Yeah. And so, oh man, what a, yeah, it's incredible. You're right. I hadn't thought about that. That is, that's amazing that they were worshiping in the temple and, and their, all their ancestors had done it the same and Jesus had never come. Right. We, and, and, so that we waiting. To, and yeah. they stayed faithful in that process. I decorated my house last night. And one of the things I have that I put out at Christmas is nativity scenes. I have like mm-hmm. a big main one. And then I have every country I go to, I try to buy a nativity set, like just Mary, Joseph and Jesus. I'm not trying to have like the whole crash cattle from every country (laughs) or lambs from every country or frankincense and myrrh from every country. And I just set them out and I I just think, man, they had no idea. All they knew was those two dreams they had. I mean, how many dreams have we had in our lives where we went like, was that God? Mm -hmm. I can't know if that was God. Mm -hmm. And Joseph went like, Oh, let's pack my whole family up and run away to Egypt because of something I dreamed in the middle of the night. It's just, yeah, it's incredible. Well, God had come to him in a dream and said, this is of, yeah, this baby's like, going to be many, mine. I, mean, I have friends who feel like they've had dreams from God, you know, and there mm-hmm. are times where I, and so you just go like, yeah, and you don't pack up it. your movie, your whole like existence no. and move to Egypt. No, because he didn't <laughs> yeah. know he wasn't any more sure than any of us that it was God who came to him in a dream. True. You know, you can't scientifically prove that it was God that came to him in a dream any more than I can. I mean, I had a dream last night where I woke up and opened my phone thinking I would have a text. It was that clear what I dreamed in the middle of the night. And I would say to you right now, I think God was saying something to me. Mm-hmm. I can't be sure. I didn't back up my life and move it over it. But the faith of Joseph and Mary to believe that they had heard God, that they had seen. Now, Mary was awake and the angel was in her bedroom. So to be right, fair, right. I would hope to believe that too. <laughs> right. But yeah, just it, it, the faith of Mary and Joseph and their what they just chose to believe is true. We just want everything to be proven to us now. Mm-hmm. And that was not their 
life or their story or they just believed how different would that whole story be if they wouldn't have just believed, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, and it's We're interesting so- to think of too that they, that it's easy to stop at the story of Jesus's birth, that God came, he spoke, and then he was born and it was amazing and there was all this joy, but yeah. then, but it didn't stay that way. And they had to remain yeah. faithful. Like you said, right. moving to Egypt, escaping, running, and then right. leading up to, well, we don't know what happened to Joseph, right? Because he's not at the no. cru- crucifixion, but right. the, to remain faithful that entire time through the good and the bad, the yeah. joy and the sorrow. I hadn't thought yeah. about that before. And I'm really stuck yeah. on the, we don't know if we're at the end of the waiting. We don't know if we're just before yeah. the promise. Man, that one's going to stick it's with me. It's something the Lord and I talk about a lot because, well, I'm single. I want to be married and I want to have kids. But there are other things in my life I'm waiting for too. And it, it's even just this Sunday at church, we were singing, Great is Thy Faithfulness. Mm. And it, halfway through the song, it felt like the Holy Spirit whispered to me, or I thought myself, but I'd like to lean toward that it was God and just said, if I changed everything this afternoon, how different would you sing? Mm. And I was like, if I, if I, if today is the day you do this, if today is the day that you heal some of my friends who are sick, that you answer prayers, I've been praying for a long time. If today's the day, how different would I sing? Great is thy faithfulness. Mm. Mm-hmm. Cause you just don't ever know when your waiting is going to end. Right. And, and when the waiting ends, I want to be found really faithful in believing that today could have been the end of the waiting. <laughs> right. And to sing, to sing that way in spite of it. Yeah. Yeah. When you don't know, cause it didn't, right. I mean, Sunday afternoon, it didn't change. I didn't suddenly have three children, mm-hmm. you know, like right. I didn't suddenly like my life did not. Now the Lord did some fun things this weekend, but none of them were, oh, there's the big answer to the prayer. One of them isn't going to be answered quickly because of the circumstance. It is a, we're in the middle of something. A bunch of us are in the middle of a thing with a friend and it doesn't end quickly. Mm -mm. And so, but it just felt like, or if the Lord changed the story, she's not in my town. And so I can't know that the Lord changed the story Mm -hmm. unless she was to call me and tell me he had. And so you just kind of go, yeah, we're just going to keep praying and, what if the Lord's doing the work right now? You know, there's that song. A lot of churches are singing Waymaker and Mm. our church is singing it too. And it says, even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. And we just have to sing that. Like maybe this afternoon, he's going to change everything. Man, that, that experience of worship, it was because back to the conversation we were having about God being good and kind. I was singing, uh, King of my heart. Yeah. Where he's never going to let me down. He's never gonna let me down. And I was singing it and I stopped and I was like, God, I don't think I, I, I can't sing that. I, I can't yeah. honestly sing that. I don't think that's true. And then it was this realization of, I said out loud to some friends, I don't think I think God is good. And like friends where you can say that and they don't think that totally, she's lost totally. her salvation. They don't panic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so we went to bed where I was at a conference, got up the next morning and good, good father is what is on my phone. That's what my alarm is. Yeah. And I started crying and I was like, oh, like in my core, I do believe you're good. But to find the, to find where those two things kind of coexist. Anyway, yeah, that worship experience of him speaking to you. And to determine, I mean, it's the same as the success conversation of like, what determines if he's good? Right. My experience. You know? 
Can't be. Yeah, because yeah. if it, it can't be, if it's my experience that he's kind or that he answers prayers or that he gives me what I want when I want it and that's how prayer works, he wouldn't live up to the expectations. But right. it's because my expectations are off, not because he's off. He's exactly who he should be and who he is. Oh, yeah, you can say that and again. And <laughs> so I just have to, you know, I, my expectations are off. He mm-hmm. is always kind. He is always good. I mean, I, even singing Great as I Faithfulness this weekend, I, after church, I said to our pastor, we've seen, there's been a couple of areas where I've been really visibly protected lately mm. and where the Lord has like protected my body from harm. And I said to my pastor, I was like, when I sing that now, it just feels different because when I look back on these stories, I go, oh, you've always been faithful. Mm. Like this is actually you always being faithful. I thought I wasn't getting what I wanted. I thought things were going sideways. You were actually rescuing me. Mm. And, and I wonder how many times in stories, I think you either are in the middle of getting rescued or you realize you realize you've been rescued. Mm -hmm. It is never that he's out to hurt you. You're either in the middle and you don't know what the rescue is going to look like or the answer is going to look like, or you've been answered. And those are the only two spots. And for sure he's there through the entirety of it. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And our view of it is like a pinhole. That's what I've been realizing lately. Like my perspective is tiny as much as I like to think that I have this grand perspective. Oh, totally. I I mean, I totally think that I see how everything's going to go. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's part of our personality type is we can see the story all the way to the end. Right. And sometimes that plays out really well for us because we can, we can share a vision with people and get them on board. We can suffer through hard things because we actually see the other side of it. We actually can go, Oh, I know this is going to be okay. We're going to, we are going to be okay. Mm -hmm. And it's always true. We're right until we're not right. Mm -hmm. And until the story changes and until it doesn't go the way we imagine in our mind. And what I've had to do is realign with, and I, I would imagine Mary felt this way about Jesus because when, when she learns that he's going to be the savior of the world, right? When, when he's born and the angel tells her all these things and Elizabeth speaks into her and Anna, the prophetess speaks into them. And even Simeon, they all say these things and it says that Mary treasured them in her heart. She couldn't have imagined who Jesus was, Mm. you know, she had a vision and God had a bigger story and God was always right. But that doesn't mean that she shouldn't have imagined where she thought the story was going. I say, you may have heard me say this before, but, I think it's a lot like in Wizard of Oz when they come over that hill and they see Oz straight mm-hmm. ahead and it's way far away. And they think, well, then we should, we'll just follow the yellow brick road there. And, and what they don't realize is that the turnoff is in the woods. Mm-hmm. They see Oz. And I think there are times where God lets me see Oz and lets me see an end of a story just so I'll walk that way. What I don't know is halfway down the path, he goes, okay, now turn on the Ruby road. Mm. Like I never meant for you to take the, that road all the way, but I needed you to walk that way yep. and now you're going to turn. And so that used to spiral me out when a relationship ended, when a disappointment came through work or through friendship and, and it would spin me out and I'd go, why is God unfair? I saw the end of this. Uh. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, no, sometimes I can see an end of a story that ends in the story and that's okay. God has always been kind and he's always protected me. He's always been faithful. Yeah. I ran a marathon this summer 
Yes, and, girl. Well done. Yeah. Well, I started Sounds reading this terrible. book called 100 Days to Brave. and like, ah, Oh, it's my fault? <laughs> you and oh, Eddie Koffel. I'm sorry. Yeah. He had done December with his daughter, and I was like, oh, I'd rather run a marathon than wear a dress. And then, because oh, he was doing that in December, God. and then January, I started yeah. when you did 100 Days to Brave January 1st. It was like yeah. day five. Something again like this year, if anybody wants to jump in, yeah. we're doing it again. Starting on January 1st of 2020. You totally should. And get the new one, the new leather-bound one with 10 extra days, right? Yeah, with 10 extra days in the back. Yeah, so so we we were in Duluth, Minnesota, which is along Lake Superior. It's Uh my very favorite. It's like my go-to thin place where I feel God is near. Yeah. Really, it's that I'm more aware of his closeness. Anyway, so we're like... Places are real. We're like hmm, maybe eight miles into it, maybe halfway. I can't remember. And I can see the town way off it was I it was one time I swore during the marathon I was like oh mm, that is a long way away and we are running there oh my gosh and to think about the all we still had in front of us like as you were talking about the things that are the long way off I was thinking about the grit that yeah it takes to get to the place even if there's a yep. different path or God takes you in a different direction yeah that there's grit and I think sometimes we have grit and we don't know that we have grit until uh, uh, we're in the midst of it. Have you read yeah. that book called Grit? No. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, you should. Look, I mean, especially with what you think about it and talking about it, it is. Uh, it's really, really, it's really good. So who wrote but it? Yeah, I think you're 100 percent right. I think I think that's. It's like we said, success is finishing what you start. Mm-hmm. And so whether people love it, whether you get rich off of it, whether you lose everything because of it whether it has any financial value or anything, it actually builds something in you when you finish what you start. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. The podcast is, I feel like my podcast has been like that because it's like, I don't yeah. have ads and it's just something that I feel like God has called me to do. And even though I'm working yeah. full time now, I still, well, and I love it and I don't want to give it up unless he's yep. like, give it up. You get, you yep. it's done. Yep. Yep. I'm not sensing yep. that yet. And so it's the no, I'm just going to keep going forward until, <laughs> until yeah. he says stop. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> I mean, that's kind it. of the joys of being an amateur, right? Like mm-hmm. being an amateur means you can just be obedient and keep going. Right. And amateurs aren't just people who don't know what they're doing. And the actual definition is people who are doing things just for fun. Right. And just, just giving it your all just for fun. And I think there is something special happens when you do that. I mean, it's like I'm an Olympic athlete. I mean, we could put it that way. That I'm not a professional. That's kind of what I was trying to say. Yeah. I'm glad you heard what yeah. I was saying. Yeah, yeah for sure. Thank that's you. true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're kind of getting off topic about joy. Right, so, but that's okay because this is so good. This is such a good conversation. Right. No, no, this is good. Oh, I mean, let's talk about, yeah. and you can say if you can't talk about it yet. So, you had a very okay. joyful experience recently at Dollywood with Hallmark. Oh, my gosh. I loved it. Yes. <laughs> By now, the movie's out. Mm-hmm. Christmas at Dollywood is the name of the movie. I mean, did your uh, head well, explode when you found out you were oh, going to be there? A thousand percent. <laughs> uh, my friend Amber that's on the PR team, that's kind of how we have gotten connected with Dollywood. She reached out a few months ago when I was speaking in Pigeon Forge where Dollywood is and said, hey, I listen to your podcast. I would love to host you at Dollywood. And my friend Emma, who is um, tour managing me, and I were like, 100%. So we went in April, hung out with Amber all day. So then when they decided to film this movie, she t- emailed us again and was like, hey, I think this is something that they would love some more press people at and some more like 
people who love Dollywood and who love Hallmark together. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, that is, I am the Venn diagram. <laughs> I, I am the center of Dollywood <laughs> and Hallmark. And it was, it was really awesome. I got to take, there's two girls. We do a Hallmark Christmas episode every year for my Christmas party that we do on the That Sounds Fun podcast. Jen and Jamie. So Jen and Jamie and Jenna, my assistant mm-hmm. and I, we all went and got to be extras. It was so fun. We like stood around and pretended to listen to, I mean, we were listening to the band, but we stood around and listened to a little bluegrass band play. Mm. And then there's the other scene we're in is there is Dolly and the star of the show, the star of the movie, Danica McKellar, who is Winnie from uh, Wonder Years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the two of them are standing in, in the main building at Dollywood. There's like a building kind of right in the front when you walk in and there's a there's just people passing by in front of them and we're four of the people passing by oh my god so like how far away were you from dolly parton oh at my closest i was like eight feet oh my gosh (laughs) angie the first time i saw her i saw her there's a big cutout of the word dollywood Mm -hmm. right in the front and like on a normal day it's a picture op you know like you go stand in front the the word dolly the letter d and dolly is as big as a person i mean it is massive like it's like um, what you'd see on a billboard, except it's right on the ground. Mm-hmm. And so you can take a picture of it. So the D has a hole in the middle, right? Because of the shape of a D. So we get to set, get to set like I know anything. <laughs> we get to set and I turn around and I look through that D and it's Dolly standing on the other side. I can see the sequins. I can see her hair and I start crying immediately. <laughs> I just, tears are in my eyes. I can't believe I'm that close to Dolly. I mean, mm-hmm. for a lottery, I mean, I, like all of us, everybody knows who Dolly Parton is, but I have so much respect. I I just love her as a woman too, Mm -hmm. how she has taken care of her community, the way she has invested in where she came from, her kindness Mm -hmm. toward people. I just respect her a lot. I think she's making a really big impact on the planet. And and Imagination Library that's providing books for children that you Once just partnered with for the with. first five years of their life. Yeah. Yeah. We partnered with them with Christian Appalachian project. Yeah. And so it's just, yeah. So I'm a huge fan. So it was the most fun. It was so much joy. Cause they were also, everybody's like dressed Christmassy mm-hmm. and you're seeing, and I'm a big fan of Hallmark Christmas movies, even though they're cheesy and kind of, I don't think we can set our romantic expectations by what you see in Hallmark Christmas movies, mm-hmm. but they are fun to watch a couple a year if you mm-hmm. want to. I mean, I'm never going to be like, you have to watch them right. or don't ever watch them. But it was, I mean, and I already loved Dollywood. I love the place. I mm-hmm. love what is there. And so it was so fun to get to be there with my friends and to get to be there with Amber and oh. and and see Dolly up close. I mean, just walk right by her like it's super normal. It was not normal to no. me. I played cool, but it is not normal. <laughs> so we'll see you. So we'll see you walking by her That's in the, the movie. Plan. Yeah, the, it premiered on December 8th. So it is easy to find, and if you want to check it out, I'm sure I overposted on my social media. If we, if you can see even a corner of my jacket, I will screenshot it and make sure everyone knows that I finally made it. Now we have this goal once a year to just be extras. I don't want to be a star of a Hallmark Christmas movie. I just want to be like Where's Waldo, and every year all my friends have to find me in one Christmas movie. I just want to be an extra once a year in one movie. It could be like I'm one of those checklists, like in a Hallmark Christmas movie, there's always this, 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 yes. this. Like, where's Annie? Yes. Where's Annie F. Downs? That's exactly right. That is 100% <laughs> what I want. I want to be the new addition on all the Hallmark bingos. Bingos. That's, that's what I want. That's what I want. I want to be on that eventually. Like, did you see in Annie F. Downs an extra? Yes, she has been for 20 years. That's what I want to happen. It's the plan. I'm into it. We've, we've told everybody that we can tell. That's what we want. <laughs> 
And you wouldn't. So if they asked you to be in a movie, in a Hallmark movie, you'd be like, no, I'm okay being an extra. I'm just not good at being anybody but me. So I'm not a great actress. And so if they needed an Annie F. Downs, like if for some reason having an author or having me do a podcast interview or if there's a if there is a spot for me to be me, Mm -hmm. totally. (laughs) But but I just don't know, like. I'd rather write the movies and have Candace Cameron Bure like mm. do something with them and act in them. And then I'd want to be an extra. Right. So and be on I, set I just don't know how to time. pretend to be someone else. I'm not very good at that. And so <laughs> I, um, I overact. I act really, yeah, I'm not a very good actress, but I am great at being on camera. So I can do that all day long. I just need to be me. Mm-hmm. Is there anything that we haven't talked about that you want to make sure that we talk about? I'm or having a great time. Sorry. No, that's your, yeah. that's your question. Okay. Yeah, no, this is this is great. <laughs> so because we're in Advent, I'm asking all my guests about a favorite Christmas tradition or memory. And I'm assuming yeah. that you do Christmas big. Did you, did your family do Christmas well, big? Well, yeah, I mean, we we have a very small family. And so we aren't we aren't the ones who have like 96 cousins. There's like mm-hmm. six cousins. And so our gatherings are not massive. And so I don't have those big, like, everybody open a present at the same time. Mm-hmm. Everybody gets, like, two presents. But one of my favorite things we've started, because my family, because we're small, we do it all together. Okay. And we have, of our adult age cousins, half of us are married. And so there's always other Christmases for people to go to. And so we've decided to do something called Christmas Steve instead of Christmas Eve. Okay. Where it is, like, usually December 27th or 28th. And so it's whenever anybody, everybody can get to my parents' house. And so whatever day that is, that's Christmas Eve. And every year we do a recipe testing. This oh. is not overly Christmassy, but it is what we do. And we have so much fun doing it. So we dream up some sort of recipe we want to try. And, and we do three different iterations of it. So, for example, last year, we, every year we eat monkey bread on Christmas morning, mm-hmm. which is like pouring up raw biscuit dough with cinnamon sugar and then you bake it. So it's almost like tiny cinnamon rolls all put in a bunt pan. Mm-hmm. Well, I had this dream in my heart of making a version of that, but with chicken minis. And so it would be a, a nugget loaf is what we call it. <laughs> with cinnamon and sugar? No, no, no. Oh. We just wanted to like, uh, like wrapping chicken minis in dough and then oh. using, a, we wanted to use like a, a Polynesian as the binding agent <laughs> instead of cinnamon sugar liquid and so we tested three different ways to do it and we found the one that works you do a little bit of dough you wrap it around you drop them all in and then they will combine to each other and connect to each other and so then our plan is every year we make the recipe from the year before and experiment with something new and so and it, and they're all recipes that are family they're connected to our family mm-hmm. and so this year one of our grandmothers used to make these cookies called cathedral cookies that are they use multicolor marshmallows and dark chocolate and you roll it and slice it into circles. So oh, it okay. looks like a, mm-hmm. a window of a cathedral. That's so, like a yummier but, version of fruitcake. Yes, for sure it is. Cause it's just marshmallows and chocolate. 100%. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Uh, but no one's made it since my grandmother passed away in 1999 mm. and no one remembers how to make it. And oh. so we're going to experiment with it and we're going to see if somebody can, if we can follow a recipe that we found one that we think could be the one that she used. And, and so we just, to me, our family holidays are, we, because we are small and we don't do a ton of gifts. It's not this like 
and everybody freaks out by the tree. It's like, oh, we watch a ton of football Mm -hmm. and we eat a good breakfast and we have Christmas Steve when everybody can get there and we make one recipe that we've been wanting to try from our childhood that we remember. Mm -hmm. There's something about grandma's Christmas cookies. My grandma used to make paper thin cutouts and I don't like, I'm not good at rolling out dough. So I, she had, she made a variety, like hundreds, she'd make hundreds and hundreds of cookies and she died in 07. So 12 years ago. And so every year I make some of her cookies and some years they taste a little like hers and sometimes uh-huh. not at all. <laughs> yeah. But every year it gets a little bit better. And that's the fun thing about experimenting because we don't ever mm-hmm. hold we don't ever hold these Christmas Eve recipes to like they have to be good and we have to have good memories. It's like Right. Two of the three are going to flop. Right. But we're going to try it and we still get to eat a ton of chicken minis. Mm-hmm. You know, like we're still eating a ton of nuggets from Chick-fil-A. <laughs> And so, and so we'll still get to eat marshmallows and chocolate. We just don't know how it's going to go. Right. But we're also going to get to do our nugget loaf. And now we're going to add cathedral cookies. <laughs> so fun. It's really fun. fun we, I, I, I feel really lucky that we have a group of adults who grew up together as kids that still like each other. Mm-hmm. Every summer, my, so I've got, I'm the youngest of 15 cousins on my mom's side. Oh, wow. And this summer... Next summer, summer of 2020, is going to be our 25th Cousins Weekend. And we get oh, together wow. for a long weekend of camping. And we're all, so I'm 45. With all the kids? Yeah, yeah. So there's sometimes there, and so we're the second generation. The first generation is my mom was the youngest of four girls. So some of that generation comes and cousins. So like it's the Scottish yeah. line. So that like my second cousins, my mom's cousins, some of them come. And then we have kids and then some of... Our, like my nephew has a daughter. So there was one year yeah. where we had four generations there. Yeah. But it's become that's a really cool. Yeah. It's become a really sweet time of family of people that are in our lives, not because we chose them. Yeah. But so grateful that, that I have them because we may not have found each other otherwise. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah, all the different perspectives right. and everything. And it's been a really cool yeah. time. So like 10 years ago, my mom passed away. But that mm-hmm. event was the last time, like it was a couple weeks before she died. And so it was just yeah. this time together where it, there's no, oh, we should get together. We should get together. It's right. it's on the calendar. Right. You know, you're going to like, if you guys don't see each other, you'll see your, see each other at Christmas Eve and right. be that's able right. to have that Everybody time together. Christmas yeah. Eve. Yeah, that's right. That's, that is the only time because I have cousins and slip, siblings who live in other countries. Mm. And so the only time we see each other once a year and that's it. And so, um, I mean, we'll see groupings of us, but all of us are only together for those two days for Christmas Eve. Cool. One last thing I want to talk about before we go off, because I'm not sure how much we okay. got to talk about this when you were here back in March. Um, let's just talk about Scotland and all things British <sighs> oh, for a few minutes. I would love to. <laughs> what are we going to say? It's the best place. Just today, it's- I was having a conversation with someone and she said she, was, she and her husband want to go to Ireland. And she's like, well, we're trying to decide between Ireland and Scotland. What would you choose? And I was like, I'm sorry, hands down Scotland. Um, yeah. But you have two weeks. I think you could do both. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That would be my answer. It would And I, it would be to try to see. It's just hard because it's hard to, you know, I want to tell someone, go to Ireland, go to Northern Ireland, go over to Scotland, go to England, go to Wales, hit all five of the Great Britain and Northern Ireland and Ireland, you know? Yeah. The whole United Kingdom is worth seeing, but yeah, I I mean, I've never lived anywhere, but Edinburgh, Scotland. And so it is such a special place to me. Were you there at Christmas? 
I was there until the end of November. And so I saw the decorations for Christmas, but that's actually the only holiday I haven't been there for even visiting. I, one year I got there on New Year's Eve to spend, it's called called Hogganay. That was at the end of Remember Remember God. God. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. So that year that I wrote about in Remember God, I got there on New Year's Eve for Hogmanay and to celebrate. And I was there for a week. I've been there. I've been there every day of a year, mm-hmm. except the month of December, except the first, whatever, 30, 30 days of December <laughs> is the only thing I've never seen in Edinburgh. I've seen every other day, either when I lived there or when I visited. So if someone was going to visit Scotland, where would you say, what are the, like the top three things? Don't miss these. If you go to Scotland, uh, well, I'm going to keep it Edinburgh centric only because I think you can see and get to places really easily. Mm -hmm. So first I would say the touring, the castle of Edinburgh is absolutely worth it. Edinburgh castle is worth the price of admission uh, just because there's nothing else really like it. And it's the, you know, this, but it's the top of the Royal mile at the bottom of the Royal mile is Holyrood castle, which is where the Royal family's residences when they're in Edinburgh. I think it's pretty. I think it's fine. If you live there, go see it. I don't know that it's worth your time if you're only there to see three things. Mm -hmm. So I would say go see the castle. If you can get to St. Andrews, I think St. Andrews Mm -hmm. is absolutely beautiful. It is, um, it is just one of my favorite cities. There's so much to see and learn and you might run into N.T. Wright because he teaches school there. So he he teaches at St. Andrews, St. Andrews University. And then, I mean, I'm partial this is going to sound so funny. I'm partial to this place, this area called Loch Tay. Loch is how they say lake, you know? So mm-hmm. Loch Tay area, there is a bed and breakfast called Ballantaggart. And, and if you have one extra night and you have one meal, you really want to have mm. Ballantaggart and the Grand Tilly hotel that they run is just some of the, it, it is perfectly Scottish and perfectly bougie. Mm. and delicious you know so you're getting like you're getting a nice version of country scotland versus city scotland Mm -hmm. and i just i am so impressed with how they i don't know them very well i've met the couple who runs it but i'm not they're not i'm not like pitching my people i could pitch my people but (laughs) but if i you know when i think about going back to scotland i'm like man i want to make a night to make sure i'm getting to go stay at ballantaggart yeah when i was there we stayed out on the isle of skye for a couple of days. Yeah, I've never been up there before. Oh, it's gorgeous. I could we could have spent more time there. By the time we got there, we had been traveling so much that we yeah. spent two nights and so one of the days was there's no we got there early like they opened up the bed and breakfast a day early for us to stay yeah. there. So we came yeah. down in our robes and just kind of sat around all day. So there's a lot of this aisle yeah. that we didn't see, but we went to the Talisker distillery and I was never yeah. a scotch or whiskey drinker until we visited Talisker and yeah. then I was like oh, yeah. well, now I'm hooked. I love it hooked but like yeah, in a good way I'm not like in a bad way yeah 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 in an appropriate <laughs> right appropriate moderation right yeah 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 one of the things I'm excited about when we live forever as people who believe in Jesus's death life death and resurrection mm-hmm. is that we get it we stay on the earth right it's a new mm-hmm. earth I'm right. like I just hope I get to go everywhere mm-hmm. I hope we get to go everywhere because there's so many places in Scotland I haven't seen there's I just can't get everywhere I want to see and so I hope that's part of what happens in forever is there, there's no limit on where we get to visit. It's the only so, way I keep myself from getting terrified of eternity. Cause I think forever is such a scary process <laughs> to think about, but I'm like, but 
I could stay in, I could be in Scotland for a long for, time. For forever. So, I'll be fine. <laughs> so yeah, I would encourage people, if, if you can get to Scotland, it is worth visiting. The people are really kind and special and, and are, and really generous humans. Mm-hmm. And, um, it is just a really beautiful, beautiful place. It is. Yes. I see yeah. what you said. Yeah, I just think the world of that place. Yeah. Very cool. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for oh my gosh happy 100 shows thank Angie, you you did it yay that's amazing that is a lot of work i'm super impressed thank well you. done you that's a hundred conversations that the world would not have without you so mm. well done we are really thankful thank you thank you well and thank you for making me change my name and for coming on the podcast <laughs> <laughs> my pleasure. I think you are going to be very grateful that you're not trying to, you're not getting mixed up with an Angie Smith that already exists and yeah. she's not having to mix up with you. Yeah. <laughs> well, I hope you and your family have a very Merry Christmas, Steve. Thank you, friend. I hope the same for y'all. I hope your Christmas is really lovely and that we really get to celebrate the hope that we, that the world did not know before Christmas Day. Thank you for joining me for this Advent episode of the Retreat House Podcast. Thank you, Anna Marie Carey, for letting me use your music again. I love it. It's perfect. If you are wondering about anything we talked about in this episode, you can go find out more information in the show notes. If you want to keep up with Retreat House Podcast, you can find us on social media at Retreat House Podcast. If you want to keep up with me, you can find me at at Angela Smith MN. Thank you again for joining us, and I hope you're having a wonderful Advent. And so this Christmas, I hope you'll take the time to come on down to my side of town, because you're a friend of mine.